Hello, welcome to Moment of Truth. I am Siobhan Queen B. And this is Bishop Talbert. Today we are going to be reviewing our book, Misguided Mary. Many of you have read it and enjoyed it, but for you, those of you that have not, just wanted to take this opportunity, kind of review it. Let you all know, hopes you will go ahead and pick it up by today by visiting Amazon. Um, the book starts out, a young lady named Mary, she's from Atlanta, Georgia. She deals with a lot of different things, starting with um, a shaky relationship with her and her mom. And... Yeah, we will start from there. You want to say something about the book, sweetheart? It's really awesome. It's a great read. It lets you get to know what some of us actually go through in life. Chapter 1, Lifeless. Mary would sometimes have lunch with her teacher, Mr. Newburn. She thought he was just being nice to her. One particular lunch break, Mr. Newburn invited Mary to his car in the school parking lot, where he introduced her and allowed her to smoke weed for the first time. One Saturday afternoon, Mary was hanging out at the mall with her friends, or she saw her teacher at the mall. It was raining. Mary had no way home, so her teacher offered to take her and her friends home. Yeah, see, it's already getting crazy. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's skip a few pages. You can see where it's going, or maybe you can. There's a lot of twists and plots in this book. Yeah, when was your first time you ever, have you ever smoked marijuana? Alright, let's skip a little bit more further in the first chapter. Um, let's go to the part where she actually has sex with her teacher, and um, she tells her mom, this was kind of the very, one of the first plots turning twist of the book, um, it's a statement by her mom, she had just, mind you, she had just had sex with her teacher, and she felt bad about it, she knew it was wrong, yes she did, but she spoke with her mom, and her mom said, the next time you should charge him. Now, think about that. Your mom is telling you to become a prostitute. prostitute. That's, that's crazy. Yes, it is. Yeah, this, this is still the first chapter, ladies and gentlemen. Um... Then after that, her and her mom, they they kind of get into it. Her mom tells her um, that she needs to bring some money home. And her mom says she's struggling with bills. So, you know, Mary, she does what she knows. She eventually starts um, turning tricks with other teachers in the school. Yeah, so she, um, once that happens, and she brings home money sometime, a couple dollars, and they eventually, um, her and her mom get back into it because she's not bringing enough money home. So I believe she starts working at the jewelry store. Yeah, she was, um, working at the jewelry store, and, um, 
I'll read you a part. She will often think about the days of being in high school and making lots of money, just having sex and not having to do or put in any effort. She knew the men coming into the jewelry store had lots of cash. So she fantasized about having sex with the guys and them giving her all of the money that she deserved. Wow. Yeah, this is this is still the first chapter, ladies and gentlemen. Now see, let me let me paint the picture for you. She's she's I believe she's around seventeen or eighteen. She's just finished school. She's working. She's working a job, but she's not getting what she feels she deserves. We all been there before. Where you working, you feel like you're working for pennies. Then an opportunity comes up. You know, that's why we must keep focused on what the Lord has told us, the vision that he has given us, because Satan is going to try you at your weakest time. See, Mary was thinking that I can make a lot more money by just spreading my legs for a few minutes. Yeah, but you gotta think about the consequences. Yeah, she um she obviously didn't. She was she was just just money hungry, willing to do whatever, but it all goes back to her mom. Her mom told her, you know, her mom introduced her to the gang. You really got to listen, like, when people, when you talk to your children, you got to really think about what you're saying. Not just your children, your friends, your family, because a lot of times they take that to heart, and then, you know, they think that's the way I need to do things. They gave me a, a way to do things, and they start living by that. You might be joking, but they might not know that. You need to to take that into consideration when you when you're telling someone something yes yeah let's um let's pick it up after that she she eventually gets gets upset with her mom and her mom puts her out and um she moves to oh she she calls her uncle pete he now he lives in alabama he lives in in the Opelika area, so for those of you that don't know, it's about what a few hours south of Atlanta, North Alabama, Opelika, yes. and he, um, you know, we we'll pick up right there. I, I'm gonna start right here. Her mom had a new boyfriend living with her. So she told Mary she could not come back to her house, even though Mary had nowhere else to go. So Mary got in her car and decided to leave Atlanta. She remembered she had her Uncle Pete in Opelika. So she called him. Hey, Uncle Pete, said Mary. Who is this? It's Mary, a niece. Hey, how you been, girl? I'm okay. You don't sound okay. You still in Atlanta? Yes, I'm here. I lost my job at the jewelry store, and my mom kicked me out. Well, you know you're always welcome to come in my house anytime. Really? Yeah, girl, come on down here. I can use the help around here taking care of these kids. No, so she um went ahead. And went ahead and made the jump. You know, went ahead and um, went down to Alabama with her Uncle Pete. You know, really nothing. She really didn't have much, but she just took the chance to go down there. I wonder if any of you have any of you ever had to be um, like pushed away or segregated or separated because maybe your parent, you know, decided to 
get married to someone or decided to start a relationship with a new boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the case may be and pushed you off to the side I mean how did how did that really make you feel yeah yeah that's a um that's pretty deep right there well we're gonna pick pick up from there she um she decides to head down to um heads down to Opelika where she um she arrives in Uncle Pete's house and that is the that's the end of the first chapter. Um wanna yeah, let's pick up at the second chapter. We got a little bit more time. We're gonna um check it out. Alright, so yeah, she let's set get the setting. She arrives at the house and Uncle Pete immediately lets her in. Bradley and Tamika, come down here and meet your big cousin Mary. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm Mary. I'm from Atlanta. I'm Bradley. I'm 12. And this is my sister Mika. She's 8. Well, I'm glad you made it. There's plenty of food in that fridge. Brad, show Tamika around. But I got to go to work. If you need me, give me a call. Bye. So Mary gets there and, you know, she's making herself comfortable. Uncle Pete leaves her there with her two cousins that she had not met before. So, you know, it's all new to her. She's, she's learning, learning the house. She's still dealing with the emotions from being put out by her mom, so, you know, she, she's still very sad, um, you know, very vulnerable at this time, so, um, I mean, what do you, what do you think about Uncle Pete letting her come down there, what do you think about him just opening his home, haven't seen her in um 10 years, you know, he just said, come on, just watch the kids. He just left the kids. I ain't seen Mary in who knows how long. But would you let a person like Mary into your home? Yeah, now that I think about it, that does sound kind of um, kind of shady by Uncle Pete. You, family or not, I'm not just going to let you around my children. We didn't even talk and have a full discussion. So, yeah, you kind of know what 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 he is about. You know, I don't want to get a book away, but we're going to leave it there. We're going to pick up next time with uh, with the conclusion of Chapter 2. But I do want to thank you all for checking us out today with Moment of Truth. Um, as you all probably know, I was recently in the election for Alabama House District 99. Now, let me explain that to you. Um, in the state politics, you have, you have the upper house, which is the Senate, and you have the lower house, which is um, the House of Representatives. It's similar, it's the same thing as U United States Congress and United States Senate. It's just on a state level. But I ran for House District 99. Um, it was a great opportunity. You know, a lot of learning. A lot of, met a lot of good people. But at the same time, we met a lot of negative people. We got a lot of death threats. We got a lot of just negative emotions. Yeah, we, we did get a lot of, um, like, I never, I think me personally, I never, like, felt so much hatred 
yeah. for no reason. Yeah, these people, like, okay, I am a Republican. I'm a black Republican at that. And, you know, you kind of, it seems, it seems odd to the, to the average, I'm not even going to say average person, but, you know, to the way that, that black people are taught, that Republicans are rich white people. That's ignorant. You know, I want to start there. It's really, it comes down to the fact that um, a lot of people, they don't know. But then instead of them trying to investigate what it actually is, they use fear tactics to scare everyone else away. So I knew it was not going to be easy you know, to convince people, but with my faith and my Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, I prayed with Him and He laid out a plan for me. So, I don't question it. I go with it with all my all my abilities, all my heart. Um, but it was not easy. It was trying. Like, I wouldn't have even made it through if it was not for my wife. She, she honestly had it harder than I did because I was able to express myself somewhat as I was talking during forums and, and meeting people, but she kept it cool. She... She kept focused. She kept a smile on her face. But I know how these people were. They were a lot of them, not just the, the Democrats, but a lot of the Republicans were racist. They did not want to see us in that position. And they wanted to try to destroy us. But as I said, my wife, Queen B, she kept it. She kept it solid. I can never repair for that. You know, it's kind of even, it's not even doing justice, putting it, putting it into words. You know, a lot of times you can walk into a room and, and you can literally feel the tension as soon as you walk in. You know, especially meeting with groups like the NAACP. You know, they're used to rallying black people Ah, let's go against the white man. They trying to take away our rights. But when I walk in as a black Republican, you know, it's let's rally against them. But at the same time, oh, look at that guy over there. He's a Uncle Tom. Let's go against him twice as hard. Yeah, them. They will. It's, it's interesting. Like, um, with the going to the black group uh, meetings because they will show you twice as much disagreement and hate. You know, they'll forget that you're even human um, and just treat you, dog you, say the most nastiest, hurtful things and just totally forget that you are human, I, you know, we're just here to help everyone, and not even to do it our way, you know, as far as legislation, you know, the um, race we were running, we wanted to continue to have community meetings, and make sure that we were putting our best foot forward, and um, doing what the people wanted, you know, and when you try to tell them that, they immediately ask you, are you Democrat or Republican? I'm Republican. Okay. And that's my choice. But you shouldn't immediately hate me, especially when you don't know all of the history of our country. You just 
going by what you read in the textbook from school and have not reached outside of that. And so I feel like the lack of knowledge and the continuous pain on a daily basis, you know, and also you think that just because I'm Republican, I'm just like our president. We are two separate human beings and we got totally different goals, you know. We're doing, we want to do more on a local level until, you know, it's time to do something else. But really it's just, it's hurtful going around our people. We, you know. Yeah, and speaking of, um, speaking of Trump, you know, I can, I can honestly say I don't, I don't, I don't dislike anybody. I mean, Trump, he's, he wild and he out there, you know, he has his own. His his own opinions, you know. He's nothing. He's nothing like the previous president, Barack Obama. I think that's what people got used to. But um, I'm I'm not like Trump. You know, I respect him. He's the president. You're supposed to respect leadership. That's what the Bible says. You're supposed to respect all of our leaders, city leaders, state leaders, president. You know, things like that. But um, my view and my philosophies are totally different. You know, I am a conservative Republican because, first of all, I'm led by the word of Christ. You know, a lot of Democrats, you know, a lot of them are Christians. You know, a lot of them, you know, will tell you that, that, um, that they believe and they're led by the Spirit. But at the same time, a lot of Democrats believe that, you know, and, um, doing a lot of things I don't agree with, such as abortions, um, things like that. Like, that's that's not something that, that I will ever be for. Now, there are circumstances and situations where, you know, you need to use discretion. But for the most part, I'm a Republican. That is why. Um, and... When I tell people these things, like they they would they would agree with me like one hundred percent. But once I say I'm a Republican, they just, ugh, you a what? Like they turn their nose up and just immediately like we was just vibing like thirty seconds ago. Man, that part. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, you you get that a lot, but a lot of times, you know, when you when I was speaking at a at a forum, you know, twenty thirty plus people, you know, people were when I got up there. A lot of times, in the beginning, they were okay, like they would clap, they would, you know, they would cheer afterwards because I was only speaking the truth, only telling what 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 we need. The things that's been happening in our in our community, we've been electing the same people, the same group of people for decades, and nothing has changed in our neighborhoods. Like they look the same, they they are continuously they're never improving. They're always if you if you if you get honest. In the black neighborhoods that's led by, you know, that we lead or that is mainly our neighborhoods is, what is it, is projects, is, um, is more crime than anywhere else in any city, um, it's more poverty, you know, all these things happen. So I brought it to the forefront. I told them. I told everyone, I said, look, why is it that our neighborhoods, we got the most crime, but if you go less than 20 miles in either direction, it looks awesome. It's just completely awesome. It looks totally different. You know, we can go up the street. Um, You can see some beautiful houses. 
they're in like semi-gated communities. The houses are really huge. Um, and then you can go one mile or less from that house and you have all your amenities, all your grocery stores, all your clothing, whatever you need, doctor's office, everything you need is in that community, uh, all within like a five mile radius. You can really walk. Oh, because they have sidewalks too. And that's, that's a big difference. Um, when you go a few miles. Yeah, the quality of life. The quality of life is so much, I'm not going to say better, but different. It's a higher quality. You don't have to look at the uh, dirt roads. There's no dirt roads, you know, in quite a few parts of the city. But when you come back to the um, black neighborhoods and the rural neighborhoods here in Alabama. It's a lot of dirt roads, forgotten parts, um, just overgrown and abandoned, you know, and the city, the city even stops. Like, we, we don't get any type of help really from the, um, county, like, no county maintenance. We don't have, we pay for our trash pickup. We don't get trash pickup. We don't, um, we only get street cleaning, um, once, once, once every three months. Yeah, maybe once every three months, but that's only to keep the drains clear for flooding, but everybody else, you know, they get their streets clean, they get everything cleaned up, they get trash, they get city, free city trash pickup you know we pay because we live basically on the outskirts but I don't like that and but I just you know it's it's hard to find like-minded individuals that actually want change now we we I will say that we did we did meet a couple you know it was like a needle in a haystack we would find some that would walk up to us and say, hey, I'm a Republican too. You know, a lot of African Americans would, they would walk up and say, hey, I'm a Republican, so I understand what you're trying to do. But they are so scary that it's like things will never change if you're afraid of the backlash that you're going to get for expressing yourself. I don't see how you can ever be afraid to speak out if it's something that's wrong. If you see there's, there's a problem, say something. You see something, say something. So, um, overall, I would say... Um, you know, I wouldn't change anything about about the campaign. We ran a we ran a good race. Um, yeah, we we did. We ran a good, clean, wholesome, hard working you know race towards our goal, and it was just really awesome meeting awesome people, and um, I really enjoyed it myself. Yes. Yeah. We. Um, we was able to able to get our name out there. Pretty sure you all have seen our videos. You know, we did everything ourselves, our own production for commercials. Um, we set up our own our own forums. We set up our own fundraisers. We we knocked on doors ourselves. We worked the polls ourselves. We didn't have much, many volunteers. I will say we got over um, 4,000 votes. You know, that. let's think about that for a second. First of all, there's never been a Republican to try to win in this district because it's primarily black. So they were, they were afraid, They're thinking that they had no chance. So for us to get over 4,000 votes, that is something, um, 
that 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 ain't nothing to you know to, to sleep on because um other districts that are more mixed you know those people some of them didn't even get 4000 votes to um to win i mean period right it was a lot of the districts here you know we would have won majority of the districts here in Alabama, you know, but people here, they were just scared of the truth. And that's, that's all we have to offer is the truth, you know, our hard work and being honest with the people. And they really were afraid of that, that they rather consume continue to consume lies and that's just another reason why we are lacking yeah and you know speaking of consuming lies I blame a lot of that on the um, on the national media on social social media radio you know there are a lot of hosts on radios that would rather tell you that your life is terrible and it's never going to get better as opposed to telling you if you work hard you can actually see some change and you know we we as us as black people we listen to that and we think that these people are for us but in reality they are keeping you back they're Falling into the hands, now I kind of equate that to slavery. Um, in the times of slavery, the master would pick his favorite mm -hmm. and let him be the guard over the rest to make sure everybody else. You remember the movie Life? Yes. Yeah, when the when the black dude was, um, he said he tired, boss. Yeah, yeah, that dude with the gun. Yes. Yes. A lot of guy. these a lot of these people on radio, on me social media, that's who they are if you think about it. They've worked hard and they've figured out how to get some sort of success out of life, but they're going to continuously keep you down by telling you that you will never achieve anything. So that was one of the biggest obstacles that we were fighting but still we were able to get through the sum mm -hmm. and they voted for us because they knew that we need some different eyes yeah over us like i know like it's really hard it's not hard to actually contact the media you just call them but what's hard is knowing that you are being honest and they want to continue to be dishonest. You kind of want the media to spread a positive message, but in all honesty, they're going to always have more negativity. I mean, I, I contacted many numerous um, reporters, uh, TV shows, political TV shows here in Alabama, you know, requesting that Charles be on their show. And some of them, you know, they just give you the runaround, literally. And instead of, and then they finally give you an answer when it's almost too late. A lot of times when I was talking to media, big media down here, they just give you the runaround until it's almost too late. And so that's, I had got sick of that, so we just used the platforms we had, and it worked out really awesome. Yeah, yes, we, um, you know, we we made our own videos, we, we did things as a family, you know, first of all, we, we went everywhere together, you know, my wife and my daughters, along with myself. You know, there were other politicians that, that said, wow, you bring your family everywhere? And 
Yes, yes, I do. I wanted my family to experience this. This was a this was a lifetime opportunity for all of us. So I didn't want to be selfish and go alone. But we but it didn't come without its challenges. You know, the children sometimes they get restless and mm-hmm. they get, you know, bored and don't want to listen. Some days, all of them want to cry. Some days, they just perfect and quiet. You know, just being prepared to deal with all of that um, was a major key. But I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would always have them with me. And I also would like to have a, you know, say a special thanks to uh, my grandma, my mom, because they came down here for some time. Yes, thank you. And that, you know, so we could go to Montgomery, and that was really awesome. So they supported us, and we appreciate that. Yes, yes, that was um, that was really nice of them. That was probably the only time throughout this last what was it nine months that we've yes. been apart <laughs> from the children. Yes. So we, um, yeah, it was a, it was a big learning experience. Like I, I have, I can honestly say that I have never been so close to Christ in my life, relying upon him because there were days where, you know, I did not know exactly how I was going to be able to do it. How I was going to be able to, because some, cause sometimes you know, like I have to go be in front of people that I know don't want to hear what I got to say, and that I know they probably hate me anyway, but I have to do it because I know the goals that I'm trying to accomplish. So there were really challenging days. That I actually had to had to get on my knees and and just thank the Lord for the opportunity. But um, yeah, fast forward to the election day. It was you know there were um, there are 20, 20 voting districts or twenty voting precincts. Excuse me in. For District 99, and my uh, my wife and I, we attempted to go to everyone. We could not make it. We didn't have enough time in the day. But our opponent, he he um, he had volunteers, at least three of them, at every voting precinct that was passing out ballots and. Yeah, he he had volunteers inside the polls, and he also had volunteers outside of the polls. So, I mean, only God knows if that made a, did that really make the difference, but he had volunteers. Yes, yes, and um, usually when you're campaigning, you know, if you say something that people agree with, they send financial contributions. It was not like that for us. We we did get some, and I'm appreciative of them. But yes, thank you. It was not it was not up to par where you know where it should have been. Um, I think all together we had maybe less than. Three thousand dollars. We spent less. Well, yeah, we had less than three thousand dollars in total campaign contributions. And to put it in perspective, my opponent, he spent over one hundred thousand dollars to beat us in this race. Um, To come out victorious, he spent over one hundred thousand dollars of his, you know, of his money from outside companies and um, political action committees 
You know, just think about that. It's he had to spend what about thirty times what we. So if you would <coughs> like to, if you would like to hire hire us as you know your consultants, you know for your business campaign. Obviously, our strategy is awesome. You know, it was a lot of hard work involved. And we did make the few thousand dollars we had work to our best advantage. You know, there were some shicey things going on. You know, but it was just really awesome. You know, I feel like if the opponent actually run a clean, honest, truthful race, then... It would have, you know, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, absolutely. We would have, um, you know, I believe we would have won this race um, pretty handily if, you know, if all things were equal. But, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, bitter or anything because in reality, once the race was over, like, say, the last hour, when yeah. we were sitting outside the um, outside the voting precinct, and yeah. it was an hour until polls closed. It was one hour. It was yeah. It was like a huge weight just lifted up off of me, and I can breathe and yeah. a sense of happiness, a sense of um, completeness. Completion. Yes. Yes. Was, yes. We we both felt very complete. Cause, because we did a satisfactory job, more than satisfactory, yeah. extraordinary job. Yeah, I want to I wanna thank my wife. She, I couldn't have did it without her. She, as I said, you know, everything with the kids, you know, she did that. Um, she kept them together. She got up every day, got the clothes together, got my daughter ready for school, um, She's still nursing the youngest one, Carmen. She feed her and then make Charlie something to eat and then clean up after him and then <laughs> wash clothes and <laughs> wash dishes and sweep the floor and mop. Like, the list goes on and on. I know on I'm, on. I'm making myself sound like I don't do anything, but, you know, it's the reality is Without her, none of this would have been possible. You all would not know about me in this race Thank if I you. did not have her. She, she, she made it possible where I could focus solely on getting our message across because, you know, that takes um, some effort sometimes, like a enormous amount when you're up there and. And you can just feel the negativity from people. They don't like you. They they get giving you all type of looks, um, and they're you just feel them negative vibes. Yeah. But to kind of just go through it, go through with it anyway. Like I t personally, I took every situation, like whether it be a forum or somebody asking me a question. I took everything. Ser 100% seriously, and I just answered it to my very best, you know. I just said everything that I really felt. First of all, I don't write anything down. So I just, you know, it took concentration to kind of gather my words. But I, as I said, I couldn't have done any of this without my wife, who was there, who was keeping the children quiet because a lot of times they wanted to get up there and run on stage with me um, or, you know, want me to, to carry them and mm -hmm. all of those things. Yeah, it, it get hard. It get really hard, especially when people feel like your children are their entertainment. It gets really hard when people feel like the need to pet your children and to touch your children, especially without your permission, you know, it gets really hard. Um, 
just trying to let people know. Hey, this is a disclaimer. This race is over. If you see us out in public, do not touch my children because I'm not sure what might happen to you. <laughs> I'm letting you know now. We were just trying to be nice and hoping that you got the picture, but do not touch my children. Yes, even like now, my youngest daughter, Carmen, is, you know, has been affected by this. People reaching their hands out to her that she will snatch away from you that, you know, she doesn't like to be touched, you know, that much anymore, even by, you know, me or Charles. And that comes from us having to fend for them and people just wanting to reach out to them and touch them and feel like it's a petting zoo, literally. I, I mean, some people, I, you know, they ask permission, like, may I, can I, but I cannot stand the people who just reach out and feel obligated, you know, is is germs out here. <laughs> so I just didn't like it. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was um you know, that was that was a bit much, you know, but we tried to, like I said, we just tried to we tried to, to keep it keep it positive. Um we would take precautions. We would, you know, wherever we went, we would, mm-hmm. what was that? We'd get, drink tea. Yeah. Um, try to eat healthier, a healthier yeah. diet. You know, you have to do that when you're constantly moving. Yes. You know, you can't sit up and eat McDonald's and think you're going to be okay. You need some, you need some vitamins. You need your food to work for you, not yeah. just sit there and be a clump in your stomach. You got to. You know, you you you, you got to take care of yourself. This is a true test of endurance. Yes, it is. To um, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. It's a true test of endurance because I'm gonna break it down to you. Um, it was it was a total of eight other candidates in this race, and like I said, my opponent spent over a hundred thousand dollars. So it was eight against me and one hundred thousand dollars against my three thousand, and they still only won by maybe less than five thousand votes. Yes. So, you know, I feel very confident that we did what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We we kind of shook up the system. Now. Yeah. They're going to be getting questioned. Yes, they are. As to why the decisions they're making are not helping. So, you know, we will continue pushing forward. We've been doing Moment of Truth now for about three years, and it is not stopping. You know, I am happy to have you all with us today, have us listening. You know, listening to us, but yes, that um, the race it was it's kind of hard to put it into words completely to kind of sum it up. But we we met a lot of a, a lot of good people that said they wanted to help, and we met a lot of snakes that said they wanted to help. But really, reality, they just yeah. wanted to spy on us. Yeah, boy, it's some agents <laughs> out there. It's some real agents out there. It's some real people out here with awesome, great hearts that love our Heavenly Father. And there are some people that follow Satan. And there are some people who are confused and don't know. And we met all of those kinds of people. And it was just an awesome experience to get to know, you know, what's around us who they really are, and strengthening our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, you know, when you're meeting those people, it's like a movie. I'm trying to think of think of the movie. It's, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but it's a, it's a movie where you just see the people and, you know, they you think they're one thing and then they immediately switch like, 
you know, you, you, you know, you, you know about that if you if you grew up in the hood anywhere, you know people can be, you know, can be phony. But this is on a whole nother level. Totally different. Like stronger. Yes. Yeah. They were, um, like literally praying and literally trying their darndest to destroy what we were doing, you know, but they would look at you as if you did not know what was going on. Yes. You know, that's, that's one of the gifts of, you know, having our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know, leading our life is that you can see these things, you know, you may not see it right before it comes, but you can see it while it's unfolding, and you can use your discernment to take the right path. Yes, it was, um, it was an experience, you know, I really, you know, I'm not sure who, um, who has done it, who has went through this process, but I can guarantee you, if you, if you go through a, a, well, this election that we went through, you know, being black, being Republicans, and going against um, a big name in town, you know, that everyone likes, um, you will see a lot of things. You will see a lot of people, you know, gotten the, a lot of people try to argue with me, you know, when I'm knocking on doors, they, they actually got upset with me because... I was opposing this person, but none of them can tell me why they like this person. None of them. None of those people can tell you why, yeah. what they really like about that person. Yeah, At all. they just, they would just get upset with me. It's like, you know, why... Why are you mad at me for trying to change and make a difference in your community? Like, I can look at your house and I can tell that there are some improvements to be made. You know, I'm not putting anyone down saying that Mm -mm. I'm better or anything like that because Lord knows I'm, I'm trying. I'm working on things in my life just as much as the next man. But I'm willing to work, and I'm willing to work for you. But a lot of people, they they felt that way. They did not want to change. They they they're cool with their town, their part of town being the, the highest crime rate, the biggest yeah. murder rate in the city, yeah. is is right in your neighborhood. Yeah. The biggest area, um. In the state of Alabama, really, is in your neighborhood as far as rape, um, robbery, murder. It's all in your your neighborhood, and they wanted to stay that way. Mm-hmm. That's why I was, you know, kind of baffled. But we did not give up. We kept going all the way through, all the way to the end. It was... Um, like I said, I can't even explain that when it when we when I saw the finish line that last hour, I I smiled, I I cheered, I thanked the Lord, just was very very grateful, just joyful. It's yes. not it's not happiness. Happiness comes and it goes. You know, you can get happy. You you can find ten dollars on the street and you be happy. To have true joy, joy, knowing that no one can control that or no one can diminish your feelings at that moment. It was true joy when those last few minutes of the campaign, you know, knowing that we saw through what the Lord had in store for us, what the Lord had allowed us to go through and um 
Okay, well, um, you hear Charlie back there. It is time. It is time for us to to end this episode. Um, just to recap, we read the first couple chapters of Misguided Mary. Uh, we're going to read a couple more next time, kind of get back into the book. Um, we talked about the campaign. Um, you know, I want to thank everyone who voted for us, everyone who supported us. Thank you. Everyone who watched the video, everyone who liked the picture, everyone who shared, you know, looked at a tweet and, and, and followed on the gram. But I want to let you all know that we're not stopping. Everything is still up. The campaign page is still up and it's still going strong. You're going to continue getting new content because we still working. You're going to continue getting updates. You're going to continue hearing Moment of Truth. And you are going to continue seeing us. We are here to stay. We are going to continue doing the Lord's work. Um, and if you would like to send campaign contributions, we are still accepting campaign contributions. As I said, we had we had gotten less than $3,000 in campaign funds, but we spent more money than that ourselves. So actually, you can go on the Secretary of State's website and you will see that we were in the negative um, as far as finances. So, yeah, we, um, we, we had a great time and we're going to continue. We're going to keep rolling. So I want you to keep looking out for Moment of Truth. And uh, tell somebody, let let somebody know, I don't care where you are. This is not just for people in Alabama. It's for everybody around the world. You know, we're not stopping. Um, we got some big plans right now. I'm um, just going to continue, continue working towards them. And then when the Lord tells me, I will reveal them to you all. You know, I would love to do that. But, you know, everything is done by the Lord's timing. When you try to jump the gun, and do things before time, you know, that's how you you end up twisted and, and confused. You know, just I just stay on my lane and I just continue moving at the pace that, that God has uh, predestined. But I want to thank you for checking us out with Moment of the Truth. Um, and a, you know, big shout out to everybody who's listening right now. Thank you all and God bless.